The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. The courtrooms of our nations are supposed to be places where law, order, and logic prevail. Places where a matter of grave importance is laid out detail by detail to an impartial judge so that he or she can consider the facts, look at the evidence, and draw a conclusion. Well, today on Tomorrow's World, we will imagine that our set is a courtroom and you are sitting in judgment as we decide a case of more importance than you can imagine. Does modern Christianity faithfully represent the teachings, beliefs, and practices of its claimed founder, Jesus Christ? You be the judge as we examine the case of Christianity versus Christ. Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. We're glad you're with us today. I want to do something a little different on the program today. Now, I grew up watching classic American television, such as Raymond Burr's depiction of lawyer Perry Mason, and I enjoyed watching him logically present his case in defense of his client in the courtroom week after week. Now, many of you may be familiar with other such fictional courtroom characters. Uh, for instance, many of our friends in the UK may have fond memories of watching the adventures of barrister Horace Rumpole. Well, today, I want to take on the role of lawyer or barrister, and I want to make a case. Now, in making my case, I want you, the television viewers, to be the judge. I want to marshal the evidence, present the facts, and deploy the witnesses and I want each of you watching at home to make the decision. You are the judge, and the ultimate decision in the case is going to be yours. So, Your Honor, the matter before us is the case of Christianity versus Christ. And I plan to demonstrate to you beyond a reasonable doubt the shocking truth that today's Christianity, the religious faith that has taken upon itself the name of Jesus Christ, in fact, does not represent his teachings, beliefs, and practices. I'll demonstrate to you that the facts and evidence show that what Jesus Christ taught, believed, and practiced differs greatly from what is taught, believed, and practiced by those who claim to teach in his name. You will be the judge. I'm only going to present you the facts. You must decide what to do with them. Are you ready? Then let's begin. The first exhibit I wish to bring before you is the popular major festivals of Christianity. Consider Christmas, exchanging gifts, decorating Christmas trees, lighting candles and Yule logs, traditions that have been enjoyed for generations and celebrated in the name of Jesus Christ. Or consider Easter with its popular bunny, colorful Easter eggs and hot cross buns. Again, traditions that have been part of professing Christianity for centuries, but also traditions that have their root in pagan practices that predate Christianity by centuries, even millennia. Now remember, I'm just here to present the facts, 
and the pagan origins of the elements of Christmas and Easter are not in dispute by anyone. You don't need to take my word for it. Any encyclopedia or internet search will tell you the same thing. Even such conservative mainstream Christian stalwarts such as Dr. James Dobson or Dr. R.C. Sproul have publicly spoken about the pagan origins of such practices, even as they defend their presence in Christian worship. Nor is it in dispute that in the Old Testament, God condemns the use of pagan worship practices, even if they're used to worship him. His commands about the matter are abundantly clear in passages such as Jeremiah 10 and Deuteronomy chapter 12. In fact, in verse 31 of Deuteronomy 12, he says very clearly, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. But the question before this courtroom is whether or not Jesus Christ approves of setting God's commands aside in order to allow pagan traditions into the faith that bears his name. As my witness, I turn to Christ himself. In Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 6, we read what Jesus Christ said to another group who decided that their traditions were more important than God's commands. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Christ made it absolutely clear how he felt about ignoring God's commands in order to keep traditions that violate those commands. In the case of Christianity versus Christ, clearly we see that in this case of ignoring God's commands and using pagan customs in Christian worship, Christianity is not in agreement with its creator. And we're only beginning in our examination of the case of Christianity versus Christ, and we have so much more evidence to cover. But let's pause for a brief moment to give you an opportunity to request the free information we're making available today, our booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Many have wondered why Christianity is in such confusion over its beliefs and practices. Even Christians killing other Christians in warfare and acts of terrorism. Why are there so many churches and denominations teaching so many different things? This booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity, answers those questions and explains them right out of the Bible in a manner so simple that anyone can understand. It exposes the direct and shocking role that Satan the devil has played in the development of the Christian religion and points out how anyone can find the truth for themselves in the pages of their own Bible. It is absolutely free. There is no cost or obligation. Just call, click, or write to us today before this week's offer ends. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook. And be sure to follow us on Twitter.
With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. Let's continue our case with another piece of evidence, the Christian day of worship. The fourth of the Ten Commandments specifies in Exodus 20 and verse 8 through verse 10, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Yet in contrast to that commandment, we note that with rare exception, modern Christianity accepts not the seventh day of the week, but the first day of the week, Sunday, as the day especially set aside for rest and worship. Sometimes Sunday is even called the Christian Sabbath. If so, then we must ask ourselves, how does this compare to the practice, belief, and teaching of Jesus Christ? It's thought by many who aren't familiar with their Bibles that Jesus Christ somehow did away with the seventh-day Sabbath. And yet nothing could be further from the truth. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, Jesus Christ explained that the seventh-day Sabbath was created for man. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, he points out that Christ himself kept the seventh day Sabbath as described in the fourth commandment, and it was his custom and practice. Now, some might say, well, sure, he kept the Sabbath command, so we'd be freed from it. After he died, his disciples changed the day to Sunday. But did they? I would call to the witness stand the apostle Paul, like the 12 apostles, Paul spoke with and was taught by the resurrected Jesus Christ. And as the apostle appointed by Christ to the Gentiles, he is in a unique position to testify as to any introduction of Sunday as a day of worship instead of the Sabbath associated with the Jews. And yet what do we find? In Acts chapter 13, we find Paul preaching to both Jews and Gentiles on the Sabbath. The Gentiles among them were so excited by what they heard that they begged for more. We read in Acts chapter 13 and verse 42, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, did Paul say to them, well, hey, Gentiles, there's no need to follow this Jewish calendar. We're Christians. Now we meet on Sunday, so you can just show up tomorrow. We're having a Sunday morning meeting with new believers, and I'd be happy to teach you. No, he did not. He continued, even among the Gentiles, to follow the practice and teaching of Jesus Christ and set apart the seventh-day Sabbath as God's day for congregation and worship. And as we see in verse 44 of the same chapter, on the next Sabbath, Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Again, these are facts, Your Honor. Jesus Christ in the first century church, he established, kept the seventh day Sabbath and not the pagan originated day of the sun on the first day of the week. Even many modern Sunday keeping Christian scholars agree on this point. 
but you don't have to take my word for it. On our website at tomorrowsworld.org or through links at our Facebook page, you can find many resources demonstrating that the only day of the week endorsed by Jesus Christ in the Bible as a divinely appointed day of rest and worship is Saturday, the seventh day, not Sunday. And you'll find a list of statements and admissions from the largest Christian denominations on earth, Roman Catholic, Anglican, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, all of them attesting to the fact that the Word of God does not endorse Sunday worship at all. And all of them in accord with this plain statement from the Catholic press in August of 1900. From beginning to end of Scripture, there is not a single passage that warrants the transfer of weekly public worship from the last day of the week to the first. Not a single passage of Scripture. In the day God has set apart for special rest and worship, Christianity and Christ are at odds, just as they were concerning holidays and traditions with pagan origins. And yet we've only just begun there's so much more evidence to consider in the case of Christianity versus Christ. But first, let's take a brief moment to highlight once again the free booklet that we're offering today, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This booklet answers so many questions, such as why are there so many different varieties of Christianity? Why are there so many similarities between Christianity and pagan religions and myths? Who is really behind the changes to Christ's teachings? What is prophesied to happen to modern Christians in the end time? And what can I do about any of this? One of you wrote to us recently about this book saying, I just finished reading Satan's Counterfeit Christianity and I am amazed at what I just read. Thank you so much for sharing this very important information with the world. And she's not alone. This is one of our most requested booklets, and the information it contains is life-changing. All of it laid out so you can prove the truth for yourself. Request your free copy today before this offer ends. Here's how. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Welcome back. The case of Christianity versus Christ is just beginning to heat up. And we have more evidence to consider. Remember, you're the judge. I'm just here to present the facts. For our next few exhibits, let me move quickly and appeal to your own personal experience of modern Christianity. Have you seen preachers on television asking, even begging, the public for donations? Sometimes they'll send you a love gift or some other trinket. Or they promise that God will somehow send you more money than you send in. Bookshelves and bookstores are filled to the brim with ministers and prophet wannabes hawking their latest books and advice, all for a little bit of your money. As CNBC reported in 2005, Jesus is big business in America. Christian leaders are acting like CEOs of many conglomerates that turn out best-selling books, CDs, DVDs, and even major motion pictures. How does this aspect of modern Christianity compare to the teachings of Jesus Christ? Again, he himself presents the most compelling witness. In the book of Matthew, chapter 10 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is instructing those he was sending out to represent him. 
and his command to them was crystal clear. Freely you have received, freely give. There is no room for a profit margin in the mind of Jesus Christ. The truth was to go out completely free of charge to all who were willing to hear it. And that is, by the way, why all of our information offered on Tomorrow's World is completely and absolutely free. We will never ask you for a donation or offering when you request any of our literature. It's not the way of modern Christianity, but it is the commanded practice of Jesus Christ. Let's look further. In most Christian churches, you hear talk of the dead having an immortal soul and it's rising to heaven or sinking to hell upon death. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, spoke of the destruction of a very mortal soul and man's hope in the resurrection at Christ's return and ruling with him in the kingdom of God here on earth, not up in heaven for eternity. In modern Christianity, we often hear that Jesus obeyed all of God's commands so that we don't have to. The Ten Commandments can now be considered the nine or ten good but not necessary suggestions. And yet, the words of Jesus Christ have been recorded in Scripture forever as commanding obedience to the Ten Commandments. In the famous passage known as the Sermon on the Mount, Christ actually makes the commandments more binding. For instance, saying that the sixth commandment against murder is violated even if you hate someone. And the seventh commandment against adultery is violated even if you simply lust in your heart. Far from ridding us of the law of God, Jesus Christ made it even more binding and said plainly and clearly in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 17, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. In fact, the disciple that Jesus loved, the Apostle John, wrote in his first epistle, speaking of Jesus Christ, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Modern Christianity has downplayed, diminished, and dismissed the law and commandments of God. Whereas Jesus Christ and those he personally trained and considered them central to the faith he founded to the point that those who do not keep the commandments and claim to know Jesus Christ are called liars in God's word. How can a religion claim the name of a man, in this case, Jesus Christ, and be so far removed from the things he actually believed and taught? And your honor, these facts I've presented in your courtroom are truly just the proverbial tip of the iceberg. In so many ways, Christianity falls into the trap described by the Apostle Paul as teaching a different Jesus. Our time for this case is drawing too quickly to a close. And I want to bring one more exhibit to bear before we leave. But first, let me pause and remind you about our startling free booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. The true teachings of Jesus Christ are hiding in plain sight right under our noses and have been for generations. And a faithful few have followed those teachings through the centuries. Those who have done so have discovered a real God and a real Jesus Christ, a living and active Savior who simply cannot be fully found or completely understood in the well-meaning but misguided religion offered by nominal Christianity. 
This booklet was written for those who are interested in the truth. Those who'd rather be right with God, right with Jesus Christ, and know the truth rather than going along with a lie just because it's popular or comfortable. If that's you, then this free booklet was written with you in mind. Call, write, or visit us on the internet and request your own free copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. There's no obligation whatsoever. Put our words to the test. This information is free to all who ask for it, just as Christ commands of his true ministers. Be sure to request your copy today before this week's offer ends. Here's how. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back for our final segment. I wish we had more time, for the evidence in this case of Christianity versus Christ is vast. In a real courtroom, we'd have the freedom to take all the time we need. But here, I believe the local station managers that air our program around the world expect us to end our program at some point. But for now, Your Honor, I want to address one last exhibit to you, the judge, in our case of Christianity versus Christ. What is the purpose of the Christian church? Christianity claims to be the organization or body of people, the church founded by Jesus Christ himself to do his work in the world. Well, then what is the purpose of that church? What should the church be doing? Well, what purpose do we see in the Christianity around us? And what do we hear from the founder of Christianity himself? Do they agree? Now, if you look at today's Christianity, you could be forgiven for wondering what the purpose of it all really is. You know, modern Christianity is in utter confusion on this point. Many Christian organizations believe in what they call a, a social gospel and that the purpose of the church is to alleviate suffering, inequity, poverty, and injustice in the world. And so the earth is transformed into a heaven on earth. Now, others believe the church is to use the worldly means at its disposal, such as politics and protests and seeking office and positions of power in national governments to force change on their country. And then still for others, there is no single driving purpose of the Christian church. It's just something that makes them feel good when they're troubled. It allows them to live the lives they plan, but with more reassurance and hope. No particular mission, no particular purpose, no focused drive of any sort. Now, that's modern Christianity. 
But what does Jesus Christ say about the mission or purpose of his church? He lays out the Great Commission very clearly at the end of the book of Mark. Speaking to his disciples, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That gospel or message of good news to be preached to the whole world was the message of the kingdom of God. Look at Mark chapter 1 and verses 14 through 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Reading the New Testament makes abundantly clear that spreading the gospel of the coming kingdom of God and how to be a part of that kingdom was a driving force in the early church and not just among the apostles, but in the heart of every believer, even up to the very end time itself and the second coming of Jesus Christ, Jesus prophesies that his church will continue to passionately focus on preaching that gospel. Look at Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Read the words of Jesus Christ for yourself. And you'll see a man passionate about preaching to the world about the coming kingdom of God and distracted by no other mission. Read the story of the first century church in the book of Acts and you'll see a story of a people who recognized that they were part of the greatest single endeavor in human history, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and that it was worth their passion, their lives and their everything. In this manner, the first century version of Christianity reflected Jesus Christ. And in this manner, as in so many others that we've discussed today, Today's version of Christianity just does not. This case we've discussed today is one of the utmost importance, but our time here is almost at an end. So let me summarize. We've seen in a number of ways, only scratching the surface, that the religion most people think of as Christianity in its many varieties does not match the teachings of Jesus Christ and of those he personally trained We've looked together at some of the practices, teachings, and beliefs of modern Christianity. And we've looked together at the practices, teachings, and beliefs of Jesus Christ. And we've seen that they simply are not the same. We've seen that Christianity, the religion that bears his name, simply does not do as Jesus Christ commanded, does not preach as Jesus Christ taught, and does not believe what Jesus Christ claimed as eternal truths. Your Honor, Having presented the facts, I now rest my case. And now, dear viewer, as the judge in this case, you now have the responsibility of deciding the matter. I've presented the relevant facts, and this is where my responsibility ends, and yours begins. If you want more details and the opportunity to investigate this case thoroughly for yourself in more detail, then please request the free information we've offered today. Don't just leave wondering about the matter. Prove us wrong or prove us right. But regardless, don't settle for anything less than the truth. Thanks for spending time with us today on Tomorrow's World. Please check out our website at tomorrowsworld.org or our Facebook page or Twitter pages. And I hope that you'll join us right here next week. 
Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be here to share with you life-changing truths out of your Bible about true Christianity and the kingdom of God, which you have never heard before. We'll see you right here next week. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.